0: It's going to do, it'll do well. And if it doesn't? And if it doesn't, I will still do well. I will do well because I'm not defined by a show. You know, I think we are defined by the way we treat ourselves and the way we treat other people. You know, I would be wonderful to be, you know, acclaimed as this, you know, talk show host who's made it. That would be wonderful. But if that doesn't happen, there are, you know, other important things in my life. Just pray about it You don't need therapy Uh, She's so aggressive Just suck it up and be strong Listen, if you just learn to get rid of your expectations You'll never have to worry about being disappointed And that's from God I know he cheated But he's a good man Just pray about it you got one of those good paying jobs just stay there and retire welcome to the Hillshit shit podcast where we talk about all things trauma but this podcast is called Heal shit because the whole point is honestly to help you heal your shit so you can live your best life welcome back Welcome back to Heal Shit Podcast, y'all. My name is Tiffany Ellis, and I am your host. And as always, it is such an honor to be here with you today and talk to you about some more healing shit. You know how we do, right? Uh, We are in October, and I absolutely love the fall. So I'm looking outside my window right now as I'm speaking with you, and I get the honor, the privilege of watching the leaves change colors. And most of the homes I've owned in Atlanta have been near like, you know, wooded areas. So I get a chance to watch like all these leaves just fall from the trees. And it just gives me all the feels because this is truly, truly, truly my favorite time of year when it goes from fall to winter. And you start hearing all the holiday music and it gets cold. And it's so, so funny because like A, I'm from Miami, Florida, originally, so we didn't have seasons. Our only season was summer. Let's talk about that. Um, And then the other part is like, I grew up Jehovah's Witness. So separate conversation in and of itself, for sure, but didn't really grow up celebrating any of the holidays. And so for Christmas and Thanksgiving to be, you know, my favorite times of year, I won't say my favorite holidays necessarily, because yeah, but that time of year being my favorite. It's just really interesting to me because that really wasn't a thing before. Anyway, um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, please do me a favor, go ahead and do that. Be sure to leave me a review if you're listening on Apple because it lets them know you're really enjoying the content. And as always, uh, share the content with somebody in your community if you find the message helpful. If you don't, it's no pressure. But um, this season, we're talking about healing in real time. And so a lot of the conversations are going to be more aligned with what you see on social media from me in terms of just, you know, the work I'm doing now, my thought process now, the places I find myself now, and talking a little bit about how I'm navigating these spaces, considering all of the experiences I've shared with you, and those that are still kind of stuck within me, um, in my memory from just, you know, living my life up to this point. Today's episode is inspired by a video I saw on Instagram, and it was with Deion Sanders, who is one of my favorite people because he is unapologetic about his confidence, right? And he has this way of showing up for himself and showing up as himself that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And um, it's so interesting because last night my husband and I were talking about um, his interview post his game and a lot of the conversation was around him being swag, you know, like they, they showed the whole um, post game interview with him making the statement that he is swag and talking about how he, you know, sold out the stadium and, and all of that. And so In a very healthy discussion, my husband and I basically talked about the fact that, you know, the way that he shows up sometimes, it can be a lot for media outlets, but also it can be a distraction because they tend to focus on him more than they focus on the movement, right? And we, we're not, I don't want to use the word concerned, but like, we just want to make sure that as people are talking about HBCUs and SWAC and all of that, that they don't forget that these institutions were around before Dion became a coach, you know, and these teams were still playing games and they had talented players before he came on the scene. Um, His notoriety is amazing for, for the sport because what it's doing is it's drawing a lot of attention to HBCUs, but we don't want, um, news outlets, right, and sources to get so wrapped up in all that is the great Deion Sanders, that if he were to depart from the sport, that the attention and effort around HBCU sports kind of dissipates as well. And, you know, that that's a concern, right? It's a concern. I think it's a legitimate one. What do you think about it? I don't know. I'm curious just to hear your thoughts. Right. So anyway, he he made a video and in his video, he said, um, don't let my confidence uh, impact your insecurity. Or maybe I'm paraphrasing, but the point of his message was basically like, I'm confident. I know who I am. I know what I do. I know how I show up. And so I often have to deal with people who are insecure. And when they interact or engage with my confidence, it really riles up their insecurity. And y'all need to stop that basically is what he was saying. And so I sat with that video for a little while because that is, it's a powerful statement, but also it's such a true statement on so many different levels. Right. And because I'm talking about, um, heal shit or healing shit from various parts of my life, like from work to fitness, to my relationships, and just like how life is real time. I feel like it's a very appropriate conversation because confidence is something that I feel people don't fully understand. And that's why it doesn't always show up as confidence or people don't show up as confident as they could. And I want to take a little bit of time and just reframe that for you so that we heal the mindset that says confidence is one thing and instead begin to embrace the idea that confidence has um, a a number of different layers, right? It's a multi-layered discussion and it can be um, a multi-layered evolution. So let's talk about it. All right. So when I sat and I started to create my notes for this conversation, the first point I made was, how can I make this plain for people to understand, right? Because I understand confidence from a very nuanced perspective, meaning, you know, it's not like either you're confident or you're not. I believe (laughs) it is possible for us to have confidence and not be confident in situations. And I want to unpack that for you. And I'll probably be reaching out to my homie, Jason Phillips, who is um, a therapist who actually also has a life coaching business really built around confidence. I think he'd be a great person to speak with about this topic. But I just wanted to touch on it for a second and really just give you my perspective and you can tell me what you think. Okay. So, my first note that I wrote out was a person can be confident in their ability to do the job, but not confident. In their ability to interview. A person can be confident in their ability to learn a particular subject or skill or thing, but not be confident in their ability to teach. A person can be confident in the way their body looks, but not confident in the way they show up in their personality, right? So, you know, A lot of times when I hear the conversations around confidence, they're very um, single file, like uh, non dimensional, very just like face value, either you're confident or you're not. And I don't think that that is accurate at all. I'd argue that um, people can, again, possess confidence and not be confident in their ability to do or be a certain thing. And the reason this is a, you should put this on your radar as something you want to explore deeper because we as people, I believe, tend to show up in this posture of like I lack confidence or I have confidence. And there isn't this in-between, this gray area that truly should exist. And so I want to start with work first because this is the one that like really – it's it's been like a, a thing for me as of late that I've kind of seen and I want to just talk a little bit about it and maybe if you have experienced this or you know somebody who might uh, be this person, maybe you can you know gently send them this episode and just give it to them for them to start thinking about so i've I've worked in spaces where People have been really good individual contributors, right? Meaning, like they're hired to only do their job, and they're given like a you know roles and resp- a role responsibility guideline, and kind of tells them this is what you're responsible for doing in your position, right? So this person comes on board. Absolutely knocks it out of the park, and they deliver results in such an amazing way as an individual contributor. And a mistake I see a lot of organizations make is that they see this person who can do a really strong job as an individual contributor, and they give this person the responsibility to lead other people. Then you put this person in a leadership position, and they're not nearly as effective as they were as an individual contributor, but it's because they are confident in their ability to do their own job. They're not confident in their ability to lead other people. And the other part of it is in leading other people, you have to be confident in a number of different areas for you to truly be effective, right? So when I think about like leaders who I feel are, or who have shown me just through my lived professional corporate experience, right? Leaders who I've struggled with the most, especially as someone who shows up as confident in the workplace, are other leaders who um, are not confident in their their decisions they make. They're not confident in their ability to take feedback from other people and not take it as um, an insult to their person or who they are as a person. Um, leaders who are not confident in the knowledge they possess. And so either they give you the wrong information or they're not humble enough to tell you that they're, they're going to go after the answer and instead make up something or they just don't think it's their responsibility to answer the question altogether. Trust me, I've seen it. I have seen people at work um, use... The term professionalism as a way to um, really hone in on their desire to show up as confident. And so they misuse the system uh, we call leadership to carry out that insecurity. And let me just unpack that a little bit for you as well, right? So I've had leaders who, let's say, you know, you're working with them. Um, some would say for them. And this person just, you know, isn't, they don't give good advice. They don't give good guidance. They don't offer the proper support. Um, They are not really somebody you probably build a relationship with outside of work. You just, you know, you work with them or for them. And so, um, you know, you come in and you do your job and you show up as who you are, but you don't really give them any extra interest. Right. And I've seen leaders actually try and say that that's a lack of professionalism. Right. And they'll word it in such a way as though, you know, oh, well, you're not really a team player or you don't really take the time to build relationships um, or, you know, using phrases like that to short to sort of say that your lack of interest in who they are as a person makes you unprofessional. And it's so weird to me because, in those situations, you can see um, an insecure person or maybe even a person who might be broken in some respects, and they're leveraging that position or that title to carry out their insecurity because they lack the confidence to do the work, to show up as different, right? To show up as different. And I'm going to sit there for a second. I can say in my years of being a professional in corporate America, and this has been since 2007, seven. I may have had less than a handful of really effective leaders, right? And some of the things that I believe made them really effective, um, one, I think I might have talked about her at some point. If I haven't, I will now. Her name is Sherlyn DeBlair, or it was, I think she she got married um, some years back. But I remember working with Sherlyn, right? And from the time I met her, Sherlyn was into her books. She um, was into leadership. She really was into understanding people. She was into personal development and professional development. And she was into getting it right. And so some of the qualities I admired most about her um, and later went on to emulate as I became a leader also um, were just her ability to to be human. Right. It's like I, I could ask her a question. And if Sherlyn didn't have the answer, she'd say, you know what, that's a good question. Let me let me do some research and I'll get back to you. Right. Thought that was just the dopest thing in the world. Um, there are times when we have conversations and her and I wouldn't agree on a topic or she would have an assessment of my performance that I didn't necessarily align with and her confidence wasn't hurt when I challenged her position. Um, instead, she never even considered it a challenge. She would say things to me like, "That's, that's you know what, that's a, a, a very interesting or a different way of looking at it. I hadn't thought about that. Let me, let me sit with that a little bit, right? And she would come back sometimes and say, you know what, I can see how you feel that way. I actually agree with now that I think about it. And that built so much trust and it allowed me to see her as, um, not just a leader, but as a person who was really interested in getting it right. Sherlyn, um, also was very fair in her assessment of me as a person, as a whole, Um, And she wasn't afraid to praise, but she also wasn't afraid to give me that feedback. But because I believed in her ability to be honest, because she didn't always put herself in this position where she had to be right, because she was willing to be wrong. um, When she gave me feedback, it was like, it was not, it, it didn't impact me like in a very harmful way. It was information that I felt like this must have some substance to it because, right, she's coming to me with it and me knowing her as the person she is. Obviously, this is something that could present itself as a truth for her and it's worth exploring because I know who she is as a person, right? She has confidence in how she leads, but she leads confidently. Now, there have been situations where Conversely, I've worked with people who um, are not confident, right? And so you ask them questions and um, their answers are subpar. Either it's um, ask this person because they don't know the answer and they want to direct you to someone else or they'll give you the wrong answer or um, make you feel bad for not knowing the answer. And it kind of gets them out of the responsibility of having to provide you with the answer because eventually you'll stop asking them the question if you don't have confidence in their ability to provide you strong answers, right? But then too, I've also had people who project their own insecurities onto me or try to and try to tell me who or how I am because of how they feel. An example of such is a a leader I worked with not long ago, Um, although I won't call a name and the person would give me instruction sometimes, but it would lack um, the why. And I'm a very inquisitive person. So when I learn best, I like to be able to ask questions about why and how, so I really understand the subject. And it allows me to be a great teacher because above all, I'm a teacher, right? And so even if I'm acting in the capacity of an individual contributor, or I'm acting in the capacity of someone who works um, with someone, and I'm only responsible for my role, people are comfortable coming to me to ask for guidance on different topics. So I always make it my business to learn the why behind the what so that in the absence of, um, uh, uh I guess, a leader or a leadership, I'm able to step in and, and close that gap and help to teach. Or just if I'm mentoring, because I mentor a lot of people, I love to be able to give the what and the why so that I can also teach people how to fish. And I remember um, being in a one-to-one with this person once, and they said to me, you know, you, you challenge me a lot, and you ask a lot of questions. And they tried to make that a negative thing. But really, it was rooted in their lack of confidence in themselves as a leader, And so because you're not confident as a leader and you don't like um, a person asking you questions because you feel as though it challenges you, it makes you feel like you have the right to say to this person something negative. When in fact it's a positive thing because that's a person being engaged, right? And that kind of leadership were not for someone like myself who was very um, I'm introspective, but I'm also very emotionally intelligent. So I learned not to internalize a person's deficiencies as a deficiency of my own. But that took a lot of time, right? And so I could see that leader being Um, detrimental to the career of a new professional or a young professional or even a more seasoned professional who hasn't yet learned how to um, identify someone else's stuff versus their own stuff, right? Is this making sense? I hope this is making sense to you. So I'm saying all this to say, like when I really started to heal my own shit, some of the first work I started to do was to get really cozy with who I am as a person and to learn the areas in which I felt confident and the areas in which I didn't feel as confident. And I didn't take my confidence as like a blanket kind of thing. And instead, I I broke it down by layers. And I looked at myself and I said, OK, intellectually, do I feel confident? If I don't feel confident intellectually, where's the gap? What information do I need to um, to acquire to feel more confident in myself, in my ability as a leader? If I don't feel confident as a teacher, um, what areas do I need to really develop to feel stronger as a teacher? As a wife, as a mother, I mean, I literally went through the different um, roles I play, through the different positions I'm um responsible for. And then through the the different layers of myself, right? Even when it comes to like my hair or my skin or um, my fitness. And one could argue that, oh, you're being hypercritical of yourself, but I don't. I think people who really um, care about like, personal development and professional development and just want to know that they're being their very best selves, they take the time to to get to know themselves intimately and understand the intricate details of their own personal development so they know the areas where they shine and the areas where they need to fall back. I think that's part of good personal development. And so for me, because I've done this personal work and I continue to do it, and what that looks and feels like is, you know, I think I told y'all before, I read like two books a month. When I don't have information on something, I go get it. I don't just sit and just say, well, I didn't learn that in school or my family didn't teach me that. Or, um, you know, my friends, I, I don't blame anyone else. I go after the information myself. When... um it comes to my fitness. If I need to go and focus on that, that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm confident in the way I feel when I put myself together. Am I confident in the way that my body looks? Not always, because I know a look I have for myself, a look I am used to walking around with. And so when it's not that, of course I'm doing that work to bridge that gap. When it comes to my ability to, um, to take feedback, you know, this is a tricky one because I'll tell you that I don't trust everybody to give me feedback, and I think leaders have a hard time with that, especially when they work in professional environments where they come up in a culture that says that you know the the leader kind of has the the right to give you feedback and set the tone, and that you got to respect the position and all that. People struggle with it, right? But I'm gonna tell you the truth: like I'm constantly paying attention to who you are and how you show up in spaces, and if I don't respect, um, and when I say I don't respect, let me make sure I'm clear. If I don't respect how you show up as a person, meaning I don't necessarily um, have confidence in your ability to be um honest about my own strengths and opportunities, or I don't really feel like you are capable of rendering an assessment on who I am because you haven't done your own work. And so you, you, you don't really have that ability to have an unbiased opinion Then I will be respectful in that. I'll allow you to say, or, you know, state, present whatever you feel you have observed, or you might know. Um, But believe that I'm going to, I'm going to have my, my, um, I guess you call it rebuttal. I mean, I guess that's what it is, right? I'm gonna have my rebuttal, but it'll be rooted in fact, because I like to keep it objective. You know, if you tell me, I don't think you're good at this. uh, If I don't agree, I'm gonna usually have examples of why I don't agree and objective documentation supporting that this is actually more along the lines of this versus that. Um, And that's just how I govern myself. And that's how I take responsibility for my own development. Um, But it starts with getting to know myself really, really, really well. And so get to know yourself first and be real about who you are, where you are, and what you are. Be willing to admit the areas that you're not as strong and don't over-index on the areas you are as strong. Instead, take that work and start to bridge the gap. So the areas where you're not as strong, don't just dress really nice because you don't have confidence in your personality, but you have confidence in your body. You can dress nice, but start working on the parts of you that make you feel insecure, you know? So you don't have to constantly over-index on the, the outer exterior or the, you know, the look, and you can be more balanced, right? And then two, understand this. If you form bonds with people during your times where you lack confidence. And if you two have that thing, or you three, you five, whoever, have that thing in in common. If you all have that thing in common where you're both struggling or you all struggling with a thing, and then you are able to bridge that gap and they stay stuck, it is possible. You may run into problems in that relationship or in those relationships. Because a lot of people struggle with um, seeing folks who are in the same boat as them come out of that boat and be able to be better, it reminds them that they didn't do the work, right? And that's what Dion's talking about when he says, don't allow my confidence to um, stir up your insecurity, right? Because people don't like to see you do the hard work. But if you're going to heal your shit, um, it comes to a point where you actually, you you have to do the hard work that's necessary. So Don't allow my confidence to (laughs) impact your insecurity. But you can only come up in here and be talking like this if you're really going to put yourself up against the test and be willing to do the work. And it's not easy, but it's always worth it. And so I hope you have found this start of the conversation helpful. Um, I'm going to think about how I can break this down a little more on TikTok, and I'll make some videos this week on TikTok and Instagram and just unpack it a, l- a little bit more. But I don't want to make the episode too long because I think that this is a good place for us to start. It's a great journaling prompt. So if I were you, I would just kind of get me my iPad or my journal or whatever, my um, Once Upon a Pod journal, take this episode, take your notes, and then make a list for yourself and, and put um, you know, areas in which I am very confident areas in which I am mildly confident, areas in which I lack confidence. And if you're starting to write out your personal development plan, that's a great place to start. Okay. Um, if you like this episode, please feel free to share it with somebody within your community. I thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As always, you know, your girl be out here just trying to provide the content and do the things. And um, I hope you really benefit from it because this is what this is about. It's doing the work in real time. Um, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And as always, you can um, leave me a review if this episode was helpful. And I'm going to quote my sis, my forever sis, Jennifer Logan, who says, sometimes you have to feel your shit so you can hear your shit. So how about we do this? Heal shit. Until next week, I'm Tiffany Ellis.